Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Hyperspace Hangout Star Wars fans joined once again by Sarah Palpatine on Twitter and TikTok and all those social medias. Sarah, how are we doing today? Good. Thank you for having me, Matt. Yeah, it's always fun. I love talking Star Wars with you because you're incredibly passionate about it. Uh, and I just think uh, we, we have sort of good interesting takes on it and we sort of go in i think different directions of what we appreciate in the fandom and so i just always love i always love talking star wars with you so i knew once andor was coming to an end um i was like we'll wait until andor is over and then bring you back on and uh dive into it because i have to say i was i don't know if shocked is the word or yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't really don't know how to describe my sort of feelings uh, about this show. I guess the easiest way to sort of describe it is when I went into Rogue One, my thought was like, okay, cool. I wasn't, you know, I didn't know what to expect, and what we ended up getting was for me like a, a top four Star Wars movie, and so I was just like, wow, amazing. Wasn't expecting it. Wasn't really keeping a close eye on it because at that point we were so focused on the sequels. Well, here we go again. You know, I'm so like, you know, my main Star Wars brain right now is on Mandalorian and Ahsoka. And then we were getting Kenobi and Book of Boba Fett and all these other things coming out. And then we knew we're getting the Andor show. 
And so again, I went into it thinking, okay, cool. You know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. We'll see what happens. Didn't really keep like super tabs on the trailer or everything. And what we ended up getting is I think for me, the second best star Wars show. Uh, and it's just, it pushes star Wars in so many new directions. It was kind of hard to follow a little bit just because there were so many other big shows going on that I thought this show might get buried, but man, I just found myself being almost most interested uh, outside of house of the dragon, obviously, but um, of all the other big, of all the other big things, this was the one that was, was even shining through above like rings of power and she Hulk and some of these other things, tales of the Jedi came out during it. So just, I mean, it's just a wild ride for this show. So I guess what, you know, what were, what are your, what were your sort of thoughts going into it? And then, you know, what, I mean, what did you think? Like you said, it's been like a little bit of a, of a ride because, you know, just we've had movies and we've had, you know, books and uh, animated shows for the last, you know, decade or so. So we're, we're in a space in Star Wars where like, we're not really used to like, uh, like a drought, you know what I mean? Like, like how we've had to deal with before in this fandom. And so with, like you said, so many things being out, not just in the Star Wars universe, but outside of it, you had the, uh, the Lord of the Rings show, House of the Dragon, so much going on at that time. It's like you said, it's like, oh, and Andor, you know, like to me, it was always like, oh, Andor is going to start soon. Andor is going to start. But like really outside of Diego Luna and his character, Cassian, I just didn't know what to expect, like what. Well, who are we going to meet in this show? Are we going to see anybody that we saw before? And I think once you get through those first, like, couple episodes, getting used to who you're going to see in the show and who's going to be sticking around, um, it was go time, especially after House of the Dragon ended. That's when I had, you know, more brain power to retain it all. But, like, I, I don't think anybody was expecting the writing to be this stellar, the acting to be this good. I just... You just like, okay, another Star Wars show. And it just was something so special. It could have not been a Star Wars show and still been just as good and critically praised. That's a fun new one in the Star Wars universe is having something critically praised because this show on podcasts that just talk about TV and don't care about Star Wars that I listen to, they were talking about Andor. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. Yeah, I've been... I've been kind of describing it, especially I feel like, you know, the, and I really only have one criticism of this show is that the first half is a bit slow. The first half takes a while. I mean, they're like, it's like, you kind of like you, okay. There's definitely like in between episodes that you could almost describe as like filler. And really until he gets into the facility, it's like, man, you have to wait five episodes just to get to like the eye. So it felt mm -hmm. like, you know then okay then you go back into an hour and a little bit of a lull that and then really and that's like a sort of minor criticism of the show is really my only really my only critique of it but man the second half of this show i've sort of described as if this is like star if hbo was given the star wars property because HBO makes like the best drama, I mean, across the board. I mean, they win all the awards every year. That's the perfect, eight, that's, yeah. Yeah, this is like, this would be like the eight, this would be like HBO Star Wars. 
and it definitely feels like it. Yeah, which is like the highest compliment I can give it. I mean, that's like that's it, it is that's a compliment the best TV to say that. Compliment, yeah, you could give anything, and especially because like they they played that boundary of it being a little bit, you know, PG thirteen plus. You know what I mean? Just like a little, just a couple notches over PG thirteen. That I think, um, yeah, really kind of gave it, like you said, that sort of HBO kind of feel. Just just knowing that something special is being done, um, and I know with every Star Wars projects, the nuts and bolts and screws or what have you, um, you know, come in discussion and stuff. And like, just how everything looks so tight and so detailed and so perfect. Like, it wasn't like super alien heavy. Like most people looked pretty human or humanoid at the very least. Um, whereas like, you know, Book of Boba Fett, you have the what is it, the Trandoshans, and you have, you know, right. Black Chrysanthemum, and you have these kind of larger-than-life uh, Athorians and all that stuff. Um, it was, you know, kind of interesting to see that played down a little bit, um, but still feel just as, just as you know, Star Wars-y as anything else does. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the cast was, the cast for this was great. The writing was absolutely Great. You can tell they didn't do a lot of the volume that they use in like Obi-Wan and stuff like that because it was clearly like very real sets and everything. And yeah. it just it felt very different from all the other shows. Kind of like Rogue I One, preferred, how Rogue One feels. I preferred that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like how Rogue One feels um like its own thing. I, I did feel like the finale um to me felt like a mid season finale, which is kind of with how they described this. They said, Hey, you really need to view this. It's two seasons. And really it's meant to be viewed as like one big thing, which was interesting. Cause I kind of felt like the season finale was like, okay, this is good, but it didn't feel to me like a season finale. It did feel like a, like a midway uh, point. It definitely felt more like of a mid season finale, which is fine. Yeah, or like a penultimate episode kind of a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just, they're just going in a very different, unique route with this show. Um, you, when we look at some of the characters, you know, I was going into this thinking, okay, what is this even really like? What is it going to be about? We're going to get like some more backstory on Cassie and Andor. Like we know how he ends. And what ends up happening is man, we get so much like sort of backstory on Mon Mothma and even Cassian and then a little bit more in with Saw Gerrera, which was kind of cool. And then Luthen Rail, who, you know, Scar, 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 Stellan Skarsgård, right? Um, this character uh, is just so intriguing to me because we're beginning to see the like shades of gray of the rebellion we've always it's always uh -huh. sort of been like black and white and then all the stuff with the death star which we can come back to but yeah i mean so what were you i mean what do what were you kind of ex hoping for like going into the show and what do you think what did you think after watching it I never thought in a million years that Andy Serkis would be on the, yeah. the Andor bingo card, but that was one of the most pleasant surprises. Even, even having seen it pop up on Twitter before I saw the episode, it still packed a punch. Um, but yeah, I just, I was really, really hoping to see more of Mon Mothma. 
Um, mm-hmm. She was somebody that even as a little girl, I was really intrigued by this lady with this, you know, pixie cut hair and, and this long flowing white dress. I could never figure out who or what she was when I was younger. And then, you know, getting older and knowing that there's those deleted uh, Revenge of the Sith scenes with her in them. Um, and then seeing her pop up in Rogue One and talk about immaculate casting Genevieve O'Reilly is just perfect um, in this role and to be able to see her sink her teeth, you know, deeper into it and for them to give her this crazy storyline of being basically a generational wealth, you know, uh, family money, old money. Uh, She's prominent senator, but she's been, you know, taking out funds for the rebellion this whole time. I didn't see anything like that coming. Um, And the whole fact that at some point she's going to have to, anybody who's fighting for the rebellion in secret, who's starting it, they're all going to have to like come out eventually. They're going to have to, they can't, they're not going to be able to hide behind their um, facades anymore. So I think what I'm looking forward to for next season is seeing Mon Mothra, you know, now that we've had this base established, we see her trying to do two things at once. It's going to be really cool to see that transition of when she's just purely for the rebellion and that stuff with her daughter and the marriage uh, alliance, if you will. Um, it was devastating. And seeing her daughter go towards, um, you know, that more fascist side of Star Wars uh based off of not, not wanting to be like your mom when you're younger like that, it, it's going to be detrimental to her daughter's future. And I just, the fact that they packed that all in into this spark of the rebellion type of a show was very, very impressive. And like you said, yeah. the gray area, seeing her get in bed with the that gangster guy and have to, you know, go through with this marriage thing with her daughter to get out of trouble. I don't think it's going to work out the way she thinks yeah. it will. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's always so interesting. And it, and when I sort of go back and think about, you know, Star Wars, you know, when I was growing up, you know, obviously just four, five and six, and I was watching it in the 90s. And um, well, we both were because uh, we didn't see it. We were <laughs> didn't see it when it came out or- originally. But, um, you know. It all it has always just sort of felt like. Star Wars was always just told to us through the eyes of like Han and Luke and Leia. So it's just like this small little band. They're the ones that take down the whole thing. And then over the years, it's been like bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And they've been fleshing out the Empire more. And so it's nice to finally get to see the rebel side of it. And one of the things I liked, I do feel like I we could have used more Mon Mothma this uh this season but maybe we'll get more in in the second season so i felt like sometimes there were definitely some episodes where i felt like her story got kind of lost uh just because there was so much going on with cassian or who or luthan if kind of bouncing back around um but yeah to get to see her sort of basically i mean in a way you could say she's throwing away her not throwing away but she's she knows she's burning the candle and it could on both ends and it could cost her her marriage and the relationship with her daughter 
in order to fight this rebellion that, you know, her husband and some of the people laugh at her. I mean, they think she's like a laughing stock. It's just so interesting in to Senate, get this. They do too. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just very, it's just, it's so refreshing to get to see like her side of the story because she is a huge and very important piece to the rebellion um you know along with sort of leia as those sort of like political figureheads challenge uh challenging challenging the system so it's very cool to be able to get to see her and um you know when we see her in rogue one she's a little hesitant right doesn't want to send doesn't want to help them out sending troops and stuff like that so i'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen because i feel like right now she say let's go for it but she is a little hesitant with like luthan saying like you know what are you doing you know stuff like that so i'm hoping maybe season two it's going to give us something that causes us to understand why she is as as hesitant as she is in rogue one because at that point it feels like she's sort of full-on just rebel leader mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah, so maybe we'll we will get some more uh some some more backstory on that. And her, dre her uh, dresses aren't as fancy. Yeah, that is yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. And I did like at the end how she sort of begins questioning her husband about is you know are you gambling again? Is that going to be something oh, she where set, she set that she's up set, perfectly? She's like setting him up. Yes, yes, yes. That I. Like when she started, I was like, oh my God. I'm like, I think anybody who's ever been in a long-term relationship has had like a kind of like, you know, a little argument about past actions. And that just, again, with the writing and the performances, it just, it was stellar. Her knowing exactly that that chauffeur and driver of hers is, you know, is going to be listening at all times. Um, yeah. Right. Blame and she the, might blame it, it on man bun ponytail husband. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So she's like, man, she's going to end up throwing her husband under the bus for her sort of her funding. So maybe give her sort of a, a backstory. Um, yeah. What are we what are we thinking about Luthen? God, I hope we don't. I loved his monologue, but I hope we don't get another one because, God, it would be so it would be so dour and, and so yeah. sad. Um. I don't know. I've, I've, I, I'm wondering. So he made it through this season, and I'm thinking. I don't know. I think he'll be here all throughout the second season. Um, he or he could be like a he. I don't know. I could kind of see him like maybe dying, but he's kind of funner to keep around because he. That's what I think. Yeah, he just he knows so many things. He's going deeper. He's going darker. He's already, you know, knowing not to expect to see his name in the, the history book. Uh, so he, he's just far too interesting to me. Um, I don't want to see him go. And I know that Stellan Skarsgård is a huge actor, but Star Wars is pretty big, too. So I think, I think he'll stick around. And uh, where did we see him zoom off at the end of the at, at the end of the finale? Did he get on his little bike and go, his little speeder? Well... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, the, well, the episode where, yeah, so, well, yeah, and then he goes on the ship with Cassian, and then okay. he's, Cassian's, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cassian's got the gun, he says, are you going to kill me? And then he sort of, like, thinks about it for a second. I think they also, like, them wanting to kill Cassian, they didn't really, I felt like that was just kind of like, where did that come from? Like, I kind of yeah. lost it, 
and I guess was they were they trying to kill him because now they could use him as a martyr or like they sort of knew who he was like it didn't I I've watched the episodes tw all the episodes twice and it just doesn't immediately stick in my mind so I I so I'm kind of like okay I felt like that was maybe lost you know a little mm -hmm. bit. I thought so too. And I wasn't sure at first. I was like, is he asking him to kill him? Or is he trying to be like, oh, you're going to kill me now after all this? Um, right. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. But um, I was trying to remember, like, when we first see Cassian in the show, he's just kind of like looking for his sister still, right? Like, he's not, mm -hmm. he's not really doing any rebellion stuff yet. Like, no. Okay, and then it's Luthen. I watched the third episode right before this, um, you know, with the box and then, you know, hopping on the speeder together and sailing off into the sunset. Um, yeah, that, so that was the episode where he decides, okay, I'll fight, I'll, 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 I'll go in this. Um, but, like, I have a question for you. When they did, uh, before he ends up in the prison, and he's in the like the the Cabo San Beach town. town, yeah. Um, when he was on vacation, being a tourist, once they got the the all that money from that heist, were they all just gonna split up and peace out and go their separate ways? Yeah, I don't know that they ever. I mean, I guess they never sort of specifically said it. I mean, it was just like, hey, he was gonna get paid for it, and then Cassie kind of like he took his his cut and left. Yeah, so did Bell, because then you had Bell popping up with um, Mon Mothma. That was a nice little development to see that they were, I think they're actually cousins. I don't think that was the front. Right. Um, no, I don't think so either. C clearly because uh, the the, oh, daughter the daughter recognizes her as, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was a little bit confused by that. But, like, that scene with that one trooper where he's just like, you look sweaty and why are you running and this and that it, yeah that was really scary like that freaks me out and it's like stormtrooper stuff you know it can it, it's very scary what it represents but like seeing you know yeah he did something bad in theory but not right not, not what right he got then and there yeah he and was literally just walking down the street and then the next thing you know he's in prison i'm just a tourist for six years oh my god i was like after that episode i was like what are like what are we gonna do yeah and, and we don't we know got... and we don't know how long he was in there but it can have been more than like it feels like maybe like a couple months that they were that he was in there um i don't know if there's any sort of specific date saying exactly how long he was in there but it wasn't it I, yeah, it wasn't no. like years that <laughs> he, he did was he in didn't there. make it this yeah he definitely didn't make it to his six-year sentence but talk about uh an arc in a show once we got once we got into the prison that that was insane I've yeah the prison like that <laughs> yeah the, i mean all of the all of the prison stuff is by far some of the best moments in all of star wars um I mean, and I've I've done a handful of like TikToks and stuff on on and well like YouTube Shorts and stuff like that about it. Just like specifically a lot of those scenes, and some of the things that really like resonated with me was one, especially at, at if you watch the post credit scene at the very end, you can see that what they were building in that facility is the Death Star, right? Specifically the cannon, which is ultimately what you know, is Cassian's story. He helps get the plans and ends up destroying it as well as he gets, he ultimately gets killed by it. 
And so I was looking at that and sort of like the idea of like one, um, not one way out, but when they're saying no one's getting out is that mm -hmm. the empire was essentially using s sort of slave labor uh, in these prisons to create a weapon that sole purpose was to sort of imprison the galaxy. Right. It's like, that's even more sort of like ultra evil, crazy, you know, it, to, it to think about. So evil. And they really did a great job at showing um, that empire side without it being Sithy. You know what I mean? Since we have this show that's not about Jedi's and it's not about the Sith, kind of a little bit, sort of, but not like the main focus to have like such evil in the show represented without a single red lightsaber, without a single hallway scene mm -hmm. is just amazing. And for a post credit scene to just be, you know, a little blurb of the Death Star coming together, um, they could have put that in, in anything. But the fact, like you said, that this just comes back to Cassian's ending he was building the parts for this in the prison it's just so uh macabre and and just sort of sad and pitiful and I just I I have not been able to watch Rogue One yet like I don't know how yeah how, how I haven't watched that. Rogue One since <laughs> yeah I haven't watched Rogue One since I'm gonna have to rewatch it uh here here shortly um okay well let's we'll keep to going on with the, with the prison scene and then we'll go and then we'll maybe shift to the empire uh i don't even know what you call cyril and daedra whatever you know but um but uh yeah i mean obviously all the prison stuff especially i was so glad that andy circus was given another shot at star wars not that he was bad as snoke uh he was great as snoke it's just that snoke was not really that great of a character uh you wasn't know at least, at least <laughs> right wasn't really utilized so to get to see him not only uh have a little run again in star wars but have one of the most powerful and emotional and amazing uh moments like even had he not even had he made it out alive like his speech still would have been absolutely amazing but then oh. the whole like little twist at the end makes it even more powerful because you because he knows the there's only one way out and it's he it, it's not a way out for him which is why he's a little more like there's no you know there is no way out right that's why yep. he's sort of against like trying to escape can't yeah swim. can't swim. god it's like the most it's like the most heart it's like can't swim is equally as heartbreaking for me as in return of the jedi the ewok that gets shot and the other ewok tries to grab him Ah, uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Or, Ewok. Oh or man, or Mando giving giving Grogu to Luke. It's like they're all like right there. It's like the saddest moments in in Star Wars. Um, it, absolutely. <laughs> so what? Do, I mean, what do we think about the the Empire side with Daedra Miro and Cyril? I wish well, I don't know what his his name is, but um, Cyril Carn. Oh yeah, yeah. Cyril Carn. Cyril Cyril. If we don't get cereal, um, some kind of a, a merchandising thing, I'm going to be upset. We need cereal, cereal. Um, I think it was fascinating to see the lower levels of of the empire, of, 
of this 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 horribly corporate looking world and especially i think we talked a little bit um the last time about how um morlana had kind of a coal mine town feel to it and how like uh these just different factions of of police and security um you know but ultimately ultimately comes back to numero uno you know palpatine's number one the amount of onion layers that you peel back of the empire and of everything is so fascinating and it comes down to the most mundane of jobs or of things i think what was it finn worked worked in like the sanitation as a stormtrooper um which is like really did you have to do that to finn um but uh you know, just seeing someone like Cyril, who, you know, seems to have this good job, everything basically blows up in episode three, and then he's living with his mom again, and, you know, trying to get back into the workforce, even though he knows, he knows Cassian killed those two security guards, he can't prove it. So it's like, I I feel for him, and I don't, because I'm like, this guy does know the truth, and he's getting gaslit, and he's not getting the proper, the proper things he needs to find Cassian. Or well, the one time he did have those tools, it blew up in his face. Um, so I think it's kind of fascinating to see, see these people. And then I love seeing Deidre's SHIT absolutely rocked in that last episode, in that finale mm-hmm. episode. That was so Game of Thrones. I was like, oh no, I was like. <laughs> it had me having Sansa and uh, and the Hound flashbacks of when he saved her from the crowds, um, and just seeing that moment between the two of them where she just hit her rock bottom. He's been sitting at rock bottom for months now, and you know they're kind of on this equal playing field together, sort of now. And uh, I don't know. I just I, it's 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 amusing to see uh, when these when these people who think they have it all get get rocked a little bit. Yeah. No, it was a it was it was a great scene. Their relationship is very interesting and I'm cu- curious <laughs> to see uh where it goes forward. Um some people, you know, when we first saw Deidre, you thought I kind of thought maybe like okay, she may actually turn good, right? Cuz she was sort of beginning to challenge and question the empire and even even uh, Cyril, I kind of thought maybe, okay, like I could see a route because it's, you know, Star Wars, they almost always go right in that route. I could almost mm-hmm. see him being like, okay, well, I tried to fight for the Empire and they, you know, whatever. So I'm going to go fight for the Rebels. But to see them actually go deeper into the Empire, uh, almost a little bit in a way, crosshair like, right, uh, is, yes, is a cool, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a cool way to go, and it's a cool it's a cool thing to add to Star Wars. These characters that are actually going to get dive deeper into the side of the Empire. We need that because it adds mm-hmm, great dynamics. In the real world, we see that all the time. We see people who are perfectly capable of making the right choice um, make wrong ones for a crazy amount of reasons. So it only makes sense that, like, like you said, as much as like, oh, maybe she'll maybe she'll make a good decision or turn to the good side. As soon as she put those headphones on Bix, I was like, oh, uh, yeah, she's bad. She just put yeah. screaming children on this woman's ears and just left her alone. 
Yeah. Just awful. Crazy. Yeah. So that was, yeah. That was impactful. That was a crazy thing. Yeah, to get the to really get like sort of the darks like not to the not the dark side, but um darker sides of the empire, uh, I think is maybe you know <laughs> the easier way to uh, to say that and to see like some of the way they're torturing people and stuff like that and really begin to see a lot of the bad stuff that they're doing. That's one of the things I loved about Rogue One was, you know, we'd always heard, well, the Empire's bad, the Empire's bad, but really all you really see the Empire do in four, five, and six that's really bad is they like kill, you know, Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. I mean, outside of that, it's really, we we're just fighting them in the Death Star and stuff like that, but we <laughs> never really get to see them committing these like crimes and atrocities. And well, how, I mean, other than how they're happening well, they everywhere. Do, well, yeah, they do blow up Aldron, I should say. But outside of that, right? It's all just war. Like, that was stuff. a big, yeah. yeah, that was a big no no. Um, yeah. But yes, it, it is. And it's like um in the the one I can't remember uh the one guy's name, the kid who had the manifesto, how he says in it, uh, you know, there's rebellions, there's people like us that all over the place that are fighting and starting little rebellions, and it's like, but there's also a dark side uh the, the flip side to that is like these are starting because the oppression of the empire is just getting tighter and tighter and tighter and that's why i always like how like you know the prequels are these bright shiny movies because we're at this high you know kind of high point you know coruscant coruscant still looks just fine to me but like you know we've talked about before pretty soon things are going to get dusty and dirty and desolate. And in Kenobi, when he goes to the one planet with, uh, with Leia and he sees the vision of Anakin in the Brown robe, um, mm -hmm. he talked about how that used to be a really vibing popping off town. And now it's just, you know, the empire has ruined it. So the empire is just so yucky. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I, I shouldn't go by Palpatine anymore. I should really change that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I so okay. So kind of dove into it just a little bit of like each each part of it. So where where do you think you'd rank Andor? 
compared to we can start with maybe with just like the other live action shows and then maybe include some of the every so sort of everything but the movies where do you think you I, rank it i would say like when i when i do like a ranking it's probably more like rewatchability. you know what i mean what am i mm-hmm. what what am i most likely going to put on you know eating dinner or, or around bedtime or whatever and i think um uh you know I want to say Mandalorian probably takes the cake just, but that's like, because of Grogu, you know what I mean? Like I just can't live without that little shamrock shake. I don't ever want to. And because of that teeny tiny little creature, I would say probably Nando, but I don't watch it too, too often. I watched the finale of season two. The, when Luke shows up, I watched that a lot. That's the one I rewatched the most. And I would say for book of Boba Fett, Overall, as the whole show, I can watch the finale any given time because it's just this ridiculous, he's riding right. the rancor, it's all campy, it's all fun. And then for like Kenobi, it's those last two episodes when we get that fight with, that real fight with him and Vader and, and Obi's crying. I cried, I bawled my eyes out when that, you know, watching that at like midnight. Um, but Andor, I think just has really kind of like sailed in front of all of those because yeah. Diego, because Diego Luna, I feel bad. Not even like he's carrying I know. 12 episodes <laughs> of the show on just phenomenally charismatically, even when he's sad and frustrated and pissed, you feel it. And it's, it, it nothing feels phoned in or it's just so good. So professional, so immaculate, so detailed. You can't beat it. You just can't, you can't beat, you can't beat it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think I still have, I, so for the, for the live action shows, um, from top, so from bottom to top, I'll count up. So I have, I have Kenobi just under book of Boba Fett. And to me, I go back and forth on those for a lot of reasons as to which one I actually like more. Um, and then, I mean, I have, then I have a gap a pretty sizable gap. And then it's like Andor and then the Mandalorian up above that start to finish. Andor is absolutely excellent. And I cannot, I seriously cannot wait for the second season to get to see the full vision. Really the only knock I have on this show. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I give, have to give it some criticism. I mean, for me, it's like a four out of five star show pretty and much, Mandalorian yeah. Mandalorian's a five out of five star show. Cause I have like zero flaws with it. Um, is that my, really my only, my only criticism I have of Andor is it definitely, it was 12 episodes and I felt like it could have, it was 12 great episodes and I felt like it could have been nine amazing episodes. I felt like you actually probably could have, you actually probably could have cut it down as sort of the same thing I felt about Kenobi after watching Kenobi. I sort of felt, you know, this would have been better as a movie. I, I, you could have, you yeah. could have cut a lot of this stuff out and re or redid it and done it as a movie. And it would have been like a rogue one level, rogue one level. Movie. Yeah. I, I do feel like Kenobi could have been, like you said, more movie wise or, or you gotta, you gotta beef it up past six episodes. Cause like I'm having, right. like, I just noticed over the last, like, you know, couple years or so, like those six episode, eight episode shows, sometimes I'm just like, give us a little bit more. Like we grew up in in like the sitcom era where it was like, 
you know, a, a sitcom would do like a hundred episodes and I don't want them to do that by any means, but like, right. like you said, either shave it down or, or make it a real, like with house, house of the dragon. I was so happy that we had 10 solid episodes, 10 right. great number. And if you're going to do that, like you said, you know, whatever episode might be filler, put a few little exciting things in there, um, to zhuzh it up a little bit, but, um, yeah, for the most part, I I would think Boba Fett. I, I just I'm so interested to see when Mandalorian season three comes out. Like, uh, are the people like are people going to have to watch those those two episodes of Boba Fett to kind of? I think so. Yeah. I yeah. You know what? That could be fun before uh, the the premiere of season three comes out at night watching watching the the two boba episodes going into it that could be fun yeah 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 i know i, I yeah i agree yeah but so still yeah, awkward yeah. still very awkward it's weird i know <laughs> i know there it's I, I still feel the same way about it where i'm just like man book of boba fett like that's the thing i i mean that's like like mandalorian it, that's why i have mandalorian and andor sort of together just because like for me it's like kenobi and Bo book of boba fett are both kind of the same thing where it's Bo Boba Fett's plot and pacing and storyline is all over the place. And it's just like, uh, you've got like this front story and then the, 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 here's what happened in the past and here's what's going on now. And then it's an entire episode of Mandalorian. And then now we're going to go with Luke and Ahsoka. And then like Boba's not even in it for like and a two and a half episodes. Luke. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to bring in Cad Bane and he's supposed to be the villain and you're supposed to know who he is, which I mean, like we do because we're Star Wars fans, but the general public's like, who's this guy? Because they didn't explain it. And it's like, uh, but it's all great. And like Kenobi, yeah. I Kenobi, I felt like uh, Kenobi to me felt like the highs of Kenobi are some of the highest moments in all of Star Wars. Yeah. But I just felt like it wasn't consistent. And so it like, and then there are some moments where I was like, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I felt think like it relied, oh. it relied a little bit too much on our emotions. I think right. like, I'm like, I'm wondering if the writer's room was like, listen, people are just going to be happy to see Hayden and yeah. don't really have to do much. But yeah. I would have loved to seen like, and I don't want to discount anybody's work on that show by any means, right. but I would have, could you imagine that if we had like Andor level like exactly yeah i know i know it's crazy. like if right it's like if tony if like deborah chow weren't the you know writer producer for that show and like say tony gilroy who's you know executive producer and you know and 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 john gilroy right editor and stuff like that like those guys you know it's kind of like you so sometimes i view it and this is the way i've i felt about this kind of like with marvel recently too especially like phase four marvel where it's like you know post avengers endgame so I see mm -hmm. some of these things and I'm like, I, it's not that like, I think the character's bad or the acting performance is bad or like what they're going to do with the character is bad. Cause I, I don't think I'm, you know, saying anything controversial by saying Marvel has been the kind of like a big step down, uh, you know, since a Avengers Endgame. Whereas yeah, I feel I like, man, I feel like I, like yeah, I'm like, I really feel like I'd appreciate this more or I would, I I like some of the aspects from it. I just want to see a different team do it. 
like that's kind of how I felt like with Moon Knight, where I was like, man, obviously Oscar Isaac is freaking amazing. But I felt like if a different like crew were working on it, like I want to see somebody else's vision with it. And that's one of the cool things about Marvel and Star Wars is that, well, different people do get it because Dave Filoni will get to work with some, you know, some of these characters, some of these Mm -hmm. people at some these characters at some point. So you get to see the different way that people use these characters. And so it's really interesting. Yeah, I I was just talking to my sister about just like, um, you know, the Marvel stuff and about which which projects help my interest or that I retained anything from and you bringing up Moon Knight, I just, that show, there's no reason why, like, we should be like, oh, yeah, Moon Knight was total kicked ass. Moon Knight was awesome. Right. That's what we should be saying right now. And we're both like, yeah, Moon Knight, Oscar Isaac, <sighs> it's cool, but, like, yeah. there was just, I and I watched the whole season. I watched it with my boys, and, uh, but it was one of those things where, like, after the first couple Wednesdays, we were like, oh, well, we could put Moon Knight on. It wasn't like, that. Right. oh my God, it's Moon Knight time. It was, you know, so and I just, and that gets very tiresome when you have these right. big projects that just so much of it seems like it's phoned in. It's still big and it's still a marvelous production and it's still something to like look at and, and watch for a couple hours. But like, if you don't really take anything with you, what was the point? And at least like Andor, you know, they, I didn't cry in Andor at all. They didn't play on like the emotional nostalgia stuff too much, but it still had just like, it just still had a huge impact on like, wow, what did I just watch? Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's one of the prison, prison yeah. episodes. And that's one of the things that I look at and I, I think, um, you know, so episodes eight and nine were sort of the the big prison episodes and i think the one way out was you know the can't swim episode was the first episode to air that wasn't because andor andor's uh ratings were terrible uh had great had had great reviews but its ratings were like terrible because it came out at at an absolutely awful time i don't like i don't know who at disney thought that was a great idea but it was like okay so it came out they pushed it back they said and then Mm -hmm. we were going to get three episodes because it was going out against like we knew when the two biggest shows all year all year we knew the the two biggest shows on television or streaming whatever are going to be game of thrones house of the dragon and lord of the rings rings of power like we right? knew and within a week and, of each other, right? Weren't exactly less than a week. Yeah. yeah. Those were going head to head because the rings of power came out on like Thursday slash Friday and then game of Thrones every Sunday. So, I mean, it was just like, we knew those were going on and then she Hulk was on and then, and we'll get to it here in a bit. Cause it was, it was good as well. Tales of the Jedi came out during like one of the weeks of Andor. So it was like rings of power ended and I think she Hulk ended. And so then it was like, gonna just be like house of the dragon and then Andor, like the two big sort of streaming shows but then like well we, we still have tales of the jedi which is comes out on wednesday is a star wars show so it competed its own thing and of course there's also the nfl which destroys you know oh yeah uh, every, i forgot yeah, football every, too. yeah exactly <laughs> everything so i mean that like occupies everything especially you know 
since it's Thursday, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday. So that's why I felt like for me, the fact that the sort of big, great Andy circus episode with the speech one way out and everything like for me, I'm viewing that moment as like, so it's still so profoundly in my mind considering we just went through house of the dragon and these other big shows i was not expecting this show to have moments so powerful that like it would be like what's fresh in my mind because right now it's the end of the year and i'm thinking i'm you know sort of thinking about like right now i'm watching um wednesday the me Adam's too. family show. Oh, yeah. it's so good. So, I like, it's so I like good it. So I like it. It's so good so far. It and, is. Um, I don't, I, if you don't like it, I, I just, I get it. But it's so I, good. I, yeah, it's been good so far. And then, and then Willow, I haven't watched it yet, but it came out today as we're, as we're recording this, the first, first couple episodes. And I think that's I pretty much it. it. I think that's pretty good. much it for like the big, the big streaming shows. So I've been sort of thinking about, you know, what have been my top 10 favorite streaming shows this whole year, right? I mean, there's a mm -hmm. lot. But I think I have Andor, which I was not expecting. I was expecting Kenobi to be my front runner in Star right? Wars. Yeah. I have Book of Boba Fett, which technically came out at the beginning, uh, the very end. It was like December 29th True. of last year. Yeah. But so I'm still including that. But man, with Stranger Things and all these other things, Umbrella Academy was good this year, and Reacher and Peacemaker and uh, The Boys, all of these oh, things. Peacemaker. I have Andor. Yeah, I have Andor sitting at my number five spot, and considering how good tele like streaming has been this year, uh -huh. uh, like to have it above Kenobi and Boba Fett and some of these other great shows for me, I feel like that's like an incredible win. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I would say I would go House of House of the Dragon, and then I would probably say Andor being the most like impactful things. I'd have to think about it like further yeah. i don't know what else i've really watched well i have year, stranger but... things stranger things season four i have it too and see i'm 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 behind on my stranger things but okay. like you said though that tv fatigue people were coming off of the kenobi of... and stranger things came yeah. out the same day yeah yeah that's it's just it's just so much like and with andor i knew that i wasn't going to be able to take it in properly till house of the dragon was done i just i right. i would watch it still but nothing was sticking in my brain, which I have ADHD, so I, that's just to be expected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if I do retain it, that means something special happened. And so it was nice once House of the Dragon was purged and, and out of my, my hard drive, I could just, and it was, we were just going, uh, it was just around that, the I episode, right, where mm -hmm. we were jacking all the money from, from um, the Empire and uh, or whose whose salary did they steal again? They sold, yeah, they stole and they stole a regiment of an imperial sort of sector. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. The payroll, the payroll for yeah, because they knew that yeah. that would cause that would one make it up the food chain as well as it would tick off people because now they're not getting paid. So yeah, and, and it's also like Luthen seems to be doing these things one because he needs money to help fund Mon Mothma, but two, man, Luthen's kind of a wild card, and he's like, we need the Empire to come down hard on us. He's like, I need somebody else to die in order for me to be able to like rally more people because it'll create martyrs, crazy. And it's like not there doesn't need to be a martyr. Don't let it. Well, it, I know. It, it'll be Cassian and Jin eventually, but. <laughs> yeah I so say, i mean it's good and it's just 
Yeah, the drama is just, oh, it's so good. So, okay, let's shift gears here. And um, just because we, we haven't talked about it, uh, you know, on air or whatever. Um, Tales of the Jedi, fun little day of Star Wars. We got about six episodes. Three were sort of Ahsoka focused. The other three were Count Dooku focused. Um, you know, another little Dave Filoni project. Just a fun little day of Star Wars. Kind of felt like that, that you know, uh, I think last year we got Visions. Kind of the, just that fun mm -hmm. sort of fun sort of day but this ties into the clone wars and all of those things um what did you kind of what did you think about tales of the jedi i am two episodes in so i saw the uh first one with little baby ahsoka and then um the second one with dooku uh saving uh the senator's kid who got kidnapped right and uh i really enjoyed them i just i thought that ahsoka episode that little old lady in the village i was like she knows something she knows something, and then at the end, when she goes, she is a Jedi, it was like, oh, it was like goosebumpy. It was, and it got me back into my animation. I've been taking a, a little break from Hello There and doing some of the Star Wars animated stuff, and so as soon as Tales of the Jedi came out, I was like, okay, I can't wait to, to sink back into this. So it was delightful. Yeah, well, okay. Well, okay. So it's gonna get even better. Uh is all I will without without spoiling. For, yeah, even, I can't wait for Yaddle yeah. to show up. Yeah. So yeah, so you get so basically, I mean, some of the I it's not really I I I don't think it's gonna spoil anything because we kind of know what happens to all these characters and everything. So yeah, so you have so you saw the first one with Qui-Gon and Obi and and Dooku. The, so then you get, so you, it's kind of weird because you get an Ahsoka episode, you get three Maul or Dooku episodes, and then you get two Ahsoka, and then you get two okay. Ahsoka episodes. Yeah, so the first one for me was just kind of like, it's just Ahsoka as a kid. I don't know. I kind of like snooze through it. Um, I was like, I mean, it's like cool, but I just, it wasn't for me. I wasn't, yeah. I don't know. I just, it was what it was. I was like, okay, this is cool. And and these are short. These are like twelve minutes. Some of these aren't. Oh, these yeah. aren't like Little... full Clone Wars episodes or anything. So Little yeah. So you have, yeah. So you have two more um, Dooku episodes left, which are like very significant, like very significant. He has converse. You'll see him have a conversation with um, Mace Windu, and you 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 begin to see why Dooku turns. And okay. and what it was that it's very Qui Gon oriented, um, it's it's very it's very Qui Gon oriented, and so it sort of takes place really during and kind of around the Phantom Menace, oh, and so it sort of it sort of change it sort of sh like confirms some stuff in the timeline, which is interesting because we've never really exactly known like at least to my knowledge, maybe it's in a book or a comic somewhere, but like exactly when Dooku leaves the Jedi order. Um, and so it's kind of cool to get some of that. And then it shifts back to two Ahsoka episodes. And the last one is just like, sort of, I mean, it's cool, but it's like nothing crazy special or anything. Um, it's just like, she goes to Padme's funeral, which is exciting. Ooh. Right. But in terms of like the big grand scheme, it's, it's a cool little 12 minute moment. Um, and then we have another one of her training, which like you saw in the trailers. Yeah. Okay, I think I might have caught a little bit of that. Is Anakin and Obi in that episode? Yeah, it's um okay. it's yeah, yeah, it's just all it really all it really is is you get to see 
uh, it's just it's the training um, and you see, it's in the trailers, like one of the most prominent scenes in the trailer uh, for Tales of the Jedi. And it's her training. It's basically Anakin putting through her through all this training. Um, and really, it sets up like the exact moment at the end of Clone Wars season seven, where she's able to actually go against all the things. It's really it's by far it's oh, one of the rad. coolest. Okay. Yeah, it's one of the coolest Ahsoka things, but you you really have to see it to get the full to to get to get the full thing of it. But I I really liked it for what it was. I mean, I think this is this this is something. In all honesty, they could do like every year or every other oh, year absolutely. or something. And you I just I do. would I would totally keep this thing going. And it's fine that they're like you don't even have they don't even have to be twelve minutes. They could mm -hmm. be like eight eight minutes in this sort of Clone Wars animated style. And we just well, get it every it, once a year. And it could be cool stories about Mace Windu or Yoda or whatever. Any of them. Um, it, it was giving me a little bit of uh, Forces of Destiny vibes. Uh, vibes. That was, I think each episode is less than 10 minutes long. And I think right. it deals with most of the, the chicks in Women. Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, that's why it, its format was kind of similar. Like you said, not, not quite as short, but they could even make them shorter. But. I love I love those little things. I think not not everything needs to be live action. Not everything needs to be an hour long episode. And um, yeah, if they did that every year, that would be amazing. Especially oh, it, yeah, like you said, the different you could have uh, Kanan and uh, oh, I can never say her name. Ezra, right. his uh, yeah, and Sabine his, and yeah, Hera. Um, no, I'm trying to think of his uh, master, his master, his Jedi master. Oh, Depe Depe Balaba. Depa Balaba, Depa Balaba, yeah. Depa Balaba, yeah. Yeah. Um, that would be cool. Oh, he's in it. Little... Kanan is a, there is a Kanan cameo in it. Oh, was there? Okay, good. Because I really <laughs> love the, uh, well, it's impactful, the very first episode of The Bad Batch when you see right. Order 66 happen with those two. Um, I'd love to see more of them. That would be really cool. Yeah, when is Bad Batch? I mean, we Bad Batch was supposed to be like they had sort of announced it and then it got pushed back, right? Yeah, I haven't been able to trust a single date that has come out yet, but I'm ready oh, for more. Oh, season Omega. okay. So season two is now officially is officially listed as January fourth, twenty twenty three. So that's not too far away. All right. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Which will be which will be nice. Really, uh, the only other big Star Wars thing coming out is we are going to be getting a trailer for Jedi Fallen Order two, um, oh. here here shortly, and I think it's going to have some big some big implications to like to Star Wars. I don't I don't know if you've played the first one or not, but uh, it's 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 even if you like watch a, a let's play or something of it, it's very important to the story, and I'm. A hundred percent. I feel very confident that we will see Cal Kestis on in live action at some point. I hope so because that actor is seems pretty cool. And um, a while ago, I was like, uh, I've never played the game before, but I was like looking into like the lore of it and like going through a bunch of different pictures and stills from the game. And I just was like, I would totally watch this if this was a movie. And like my sons, they have put on YouTube so many random uh you you know things of some of the other games where it's like right. more of like the storyline stuff that just plays like i think um we've watched almost like an hour of the one where there's like the twins and there's like the, the old republic sister. yeah and then the dad comes for the little sister and yep. then she turns into a dark side bad guy yeah. and i'm like 
I want to see more of this. Like, it just looks yeah. so... Those video games, I don't know. They should bring, like you said, they should bring some more of that to to the to us who don't play them because I would love to see that character uh Cal in live action. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and Cameron Monaghan, I think I think I think we will see him uh, at some point, especially because his storyline so his storyline's going on sort of right around the time of like Kenobi, so just a, a couple years before. Um he obviously so that was one of my actually my biggest criticisms of Kenobi was that it literally uh Cal Kestis breaks into Fortress Inquisitorius, which is like, it, and it's like, I guess it takes place a few years. Literally, the episode where Obi-Wan goes in is, it's almost as if Deborah Chow went copy paste. Right? I <laughs> mean, it's, I, it is identical. I mean, it's like, it is frame for frame the same thing. And so it like super ticked me. It was like one of the, my biggest criticisms of, of, uh, of Kenobi. I was like, Oh my god, I cannot believe like they're they're just they're just did the it's like takes place at the exact same place, all this stuff, whatever. That's but um <laughs> yeah, but uh no, it's the the game is very, very good. It's one of the coolest Star Wars stories. Obviously, he's a Cal's a Jedi who you know survived Order 66. He was a almost like a he seems like he was almost even a youngling during that time, so he's probably around the same age. Uh, as Kanan, maybe, maybe he's okay. a little bit older. Maybe he's maybe, maybe he's a little, a little bit younger. Older but he's... than uh, uh, was it? Well, Riva? when Riva? we see, yeah. So when we see, yeah. So he would be a, he would be the same age as like as as Reva or Reva, however okay. you're pronouncing it. Yeah, because that because Kanan we see a few years later. So he would so he's probably the same age as Kanan. But when you're playing the game, so now this next one's going to be a couple years into the um, well from from that, not necessarily into the future, but but there's a lot of cool stuff that's going on. There's like some mysterious person in a back to tank and we don't know who it is. And it seems like he's going to be fighting this person. He does fight like you in the first game. He does fight this sort of Sith character who was a Jedi who becomes a Sith hanging out in Dathomir. There's a lot of cool stuff. You could, if you just look up like Jedi fallen order, the story, you can find somebody who just like cuts up like the whole but game. Would, towards yeah. not I would to where I would you don't where that. you don't have to watch like somebody play the game, but they just do all the cutscenes mm -hmm. and everything because it's the story is very cool. I would love more of Dathomir in anything. Everybody always talks about it, and I guess there was a is that where uh, Asajj Ventress is from? Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah, and the night. Nice, yeah, the night. Nice fancy Asajj figure I have here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then the Night Sisters, and he sort of like meets this girl who's a Night Sister, and they sort of are like a love interest, and she's on the okay, she's like going to go hang out. The pale yep. blonde with the short mm -hmm. hair. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and sort of the whole big deal about that game is there was a Jedi who went to these like ancient temples and set up um, some sort of ruins, and he basically what Cal's ultimately searching for is a list. It's a holocron that contains a list of every known Jedi who survived Order 66. And oh, so the wow. whole deal is that Vader and these other Inquisitors are racing against Cal to go find it so that they can go take it on. And then one of the girls, again, they kind of just rip this out of, you know, uh, you know, uh, Kenobi just kind of rips this story off here. Uh, is, that is he ends up fighting this other like knights this other 
inquisitor she's like the fifth sister or something i can't forget exactly which but again she was a youngling just like him she gets turned into a jedi you know the whole thing or, or a Sith, wow. the whole deal. yeah <laughs> yeah it's kind of like the like the plot to kenobi is kind of just jedi fall like fallen order uh like it's all, like it's oh, pretty Lord. uh pretty it's pretty similar like <laughs> but well, uh I nonetheless play, it, i need to play the game Right, yeah, or yeah, you or you can certainly watch. Or just watch it, the but... YouTube. Just watch. Yeah. watch the hour long. Yeah, and then he runs mode. into Vader at the very end, and it's it's awesome. Like the ending, the ending to that game is like you could honestly just watch the ending. It's so freaking good. That's um, bad. yeah. So okay, cool. Well, I think we kind of covered uh, Andor, what we thought, some tales of the Jedi. There's not really a bunch of other stuff going on in Star Wars right now. We're kind of in that little bit of a lull until um. Until Bad Batch season two, there was the cool Grogu yeah, and the Dust Bunnies. Yeah, there was Grogu and the Dust Bunny, Studio Ghibli, little. Oh, that was that was, it was so cool really for what it, for what it was. A little four minute fun. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been watching a lot of this. I've been just now getting into Studio. Is it Ghibli or Ghibli? I think you can pronounce it both ways. Okay, because I oh, they're like amazing. They're every like time. <laughs> okay. No, they're but, uh, phenomenal. Yeah, Princess, it was, and it was Princess so Monoke and all of it. I just did Howl's movie Spirited Away the other day. Castle. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I loved it. The Kiki's yeah, delivery I, service is my favorite yes. so far. Uh, yeah, I hope they get more projects and stuff too. So, okay, and cool. Well, thanks. All... Yeah, I think they are. I think they're working on some some more stuff because we know we know we're getting vision season two so maybe we get mm -hmm. some more anime star wars stuff so awesome well sarah where can people find you on the internet you can find me uh on twitter at sarah palpatine or you can find me on tiktok i just changed that to sarah targaryen because i'm pretty much just doing house of the dragon and game of thrones stuff on there now but uh yeah and then podcast wise you can always listen to anything having to do with star wars animation at hello there and uh curiosity killed the cat for for anything else books movies entertainment so awesome awesome well hey as always thank you for joining me it's always so thank fun to talk star me. wars with you <laughs> oh always always fun hope you have a good rest of your holidays hope you guys who are watching or listening have a great rest of your holidays as well we will be back uh, with more Star Wars coverage here in the next few weeks until we get to Bad Batch. So with that, as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And remember that traveling through hyperspace ain't like Dustin. Props.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.